Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. We know that God reacts emotionally to the things we do. Some things please Him, other things grieve Him. We know that because the Bible commands us to do what pleases Him and to avoid grieving Him. So let me ask you something you may not have considered before. The last time you sinned against God, what would have happened if God had acted on his feelings and done to you exactly what he felt like doing in that moment? You read your Bible and you run across any kind of direct statement about this is what God is like. Think through the implications of those. If it says the Lord is full of compassion and mercy, stop and apply that to some hard situations in your life over the last 24 hours. Apply that to that moment when you look at your credit card bill and you see that this, the size of the debt and you're just overwhelmed with feelings of guilt and fear and worry and regret and anxiety. How am I ever going to pay this off? I'm never going to get out of the hole and... Realize God is looking at you at that moment. He knows the exact combination of feelings that that are racking your soul and it racks his soul. And if God feels that way, what do you think he's going to do? What do you think he's going to do if that's how he feels? We we, we know eventually he's going to bring the suffering to an end, right? He's going to bring all suffering to an end at some point, but, but we don't know if right now is the right time just yet. So what's God going to do in the meantime? While this trial is running its course, while this trial is accomplishing its intended purpose, its good purpose, what do you think God is going to do? Do you think maybe he'll do for you what he did for Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, where Paul said, God, take this thorn away, I can't bear it, take it away. And God says, I can't take it away yet because, because that wouldn't be what's best for you just now, but, but I'll tell you what I'll do instead. Because of my compassion, here's what I'll do. I'll give you extra grace. Do you think God will do that for you? Given the fact that his heart is racked with pain because of his compassion for you? Do you think the God of all comfort, if he feels that much compassion for you, will, will supply you with deep, soothing comfort and peace in your heart if you draw near to him? Do you think he'll make that available? Do you think he'll listen carefully to your prayers? And if there's any possible way that he could fit what you're asking for into his perfect plan, don't you think he'll do it? If he feels that much compassion? Don't you think that he'll have so much eagerness to answer your prayers that if it turns out the answer has to be no, there's going to have to be a really, really good reason? If you're wondering how God feels about you, just think about how you feel when you see your children suffer. If you saw your child get hit by a car, would that have any emotional impact on you? Would it? You know, Psalm 103.13, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The reason you feel the way you feel if you see your child get hit by a car is because God is teaching us what he's like. 
In fact, God's compassion is even greater than the compassion of a parent. In Isaiah 49:15, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you, God says. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. It's better to have God's compassion than anyone else's compassion. It's good to have people feel sorry for you, but that's not what matters. What matters is God's compassion. No one in this world is... This is just an example of how God's compassion is better. No one in this world is going to feel sorry for you because you had to get out of bed, right? Because <laughs> I had to get out of bed too, right? So no one's going to feel sorry. But isn't it true that there's some days where getting out of bed is just excruciating and nobody can understand why? You don't even understand why? God understands. And he has compassion on you in moments like that when no one else can understand or see your suffering. When everyone else is saying, you shouldn't be suffering, this isn't hard, but you're suffering. God has compassion. His compassion is the best. Do you know that God has compassion on us even when we sin against him? This is Psalm 51.1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. That's the basis on which, uh, uh, on which he asks for forgiveness. After we sin, see, as Christians, we don't go to God and say, God, even though you can't stand me right now, will you please forgive me anyway? No, no. Maybe that's how it is with your spouse sometimes. You have to say, even, though, even though you hate me right now, can, would you forgive me? But God has compassion. Did you know that he actually feels sorry for you because you're in the horrible position of being at odds with him? <laughs> he, he, he feels sorry for you because you're on the receiving end of his discipline. He feels sorry for you because he can see the damage that you've done to yourself with your sin. Even if you can't see it, he can see it, so he feels for you. And so what we do when we ask for forgiveness is we go and we say, like David, we say, God... Because of your amazing compassion that you feel for me right now, will you please forgive me? We need to pray that way because we need to understand that he's not reluctant about it. Listen, God can't wait to bless you. He can't wait to show you compassion when you're suffering. Isaiah 30, 18. Memorize this. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. Blessed are all those who wait for him. He's on the edge of his seat, chomping at the bit, waiting to... When you're suffering, he can't wait for it to be over so that, so that the, the good purpose of that suffering is fulfilled and he can bring relief. When he feels in his heart is, I can't wait, I can't wait to bring blessing. Right now isn't the time. It wouldn't be what's best for my dear child, so I have to wait. But the split second I can show compassion without destroying the purpose of this trial, I'm doing it. That's what Isaiah 30:18 is saying. He's full of compassion. When a human being feels both anger and compassion, it's usually anger that wins and shoves the compassion out, right? That's the way we're built. And it's the same way with God when it comes to unbelievers. That's the way he is too. But with his children, did you know it works the other way? Hosea eleven seven, My people are determined to turn from me. In verse 8, How can I give you up? 
Ephraim, how can I hand you over, Israel? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, for I am God and not man. Time and time again, in the Old Testament, you see God pour out his anger on, on his people in punishment, and then he sees the anguish uh, of, of their suffering, and he has compassion on them, and he cuts his discipline short and brings blessing again. You just see that over and over. Isaiah 54, 7 is an example. For a brief moment I abandon you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. Micah 7, 18. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. If you ever really feel God's compassion, that that feels so good, it's worth the suffering just to feel that feeling. Psalm 119.76 May your unfailing love be my comfort. Let your compassion come to me that I may live. Feeling God's love and compassion gives you life. It gives vitality, it gives you health, it gives you strength spiritually, and it brings your disordered soul into order and chases away the darkness from the horizons of your life. When the heartache is just just too much for you to handle, too much for you to bear, and and you feel like you can't make it another day, and and you've you've lost your will to keep paddling in the bucket of cream, and you're just going to drown... All your muscles are cramped and you're overwhelmed with fatigue and discouragement. You just want to give up. At that moment, remember the farmer, remember the prophets, remember Job, and remember God's compassion. Think about how God feels. Let that be the thing that enables you to put one foot in front of the other one more time. To make it through this day without giving up. Because his compassions are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Put your hope in him. And he'll never disappoint you. Let's pray. Lord God, we, we are in awe when we spend just a little bit of time thinking about you. Just a, just a half an hour thinking about one of your attributes can just change our lives. That's how glorious you are. That's how amazing your attributes are. Oh Lord. Don't let us forget. Keep these, keep these truths in the front of our thinking. Would you ever pray this way after committing a sin against God? God, because of the way you feel about me right now, on the basis of that feeling, would you please forgive me? When you ask forgiveness from God, in your mind, are you hoping he'll forgive you in spite of the way he feels about you right then? or because of how he feels. I mean, we all know what it's like to forgive someone in spite of how we feel, right? I mean, somebody hurts you, and the last thing you feel like doing is showing them mercy and forgiving them. You might feel like wringing their neck, but you do what you know you should do instead of what you feel like doing. But it would be a mistake for that person to ask you to act on your feelings right then. But did you know that when David asked God's forgiveness for his sins— He asked God to act on his feelings toward David. 
And David wasn't asking forgiveness for some minor little stumble either. It was after he committed adultery, murder, and then months of unrepentance and cover-up. After all that, when he finally got caught and confessed and asked God's forgiveness, David asked God to forgive him based on how God felt. That's how he began his prayer in Psalm 51.1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Compassion is a feeling. David believed so deeply in God's feelings of compassion, he was willing to base the whole question of whether or not he would be forgiven on his belief that God had deep stinging feelings of compassion for him. What's the value of that? Why do you think David prayed that way? I mean, did God need to be reminded of his own feelings of compassion? No. My guess is there were at least two reasons David took this approach. First, because it touches the heart of God when we appeal to his love or mercy or compassion or any other attribute. It's pleasing to God because it's an affirmation that we're trusting in him and not in ourselves and what we deserve. Second, David may have done it as a reminder to himself. Much of what we truly believe about God is shaped by how we speak. And every time we pray this way, God bless me right now, according to how you feel toward me, we're preaching to our own soul and reminding ourselves of what God is really like. How about if you go through the day today and every time you ask God for something, make it contingent on God's feelings toward you. God, please give me this thing I'm asking you for right now because of the feelings of love you have for me right now. Please forgive me for what I just did to that person because of how much you feel sorry for me right now. Please bless me right now in a way that just allows your feelings toward me to run unchecked. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.